Welcome to the Patient Partner Innovation Community Podcast, a podcast created to inform patients, families, and caregivers about important health transformation topics. Since the 2001 Crossing the Quality Chasm Report by the Institute of Medicine, our nation's healthcare system has recognized its need to improve quality of care by way of six important aims that make healthcare safe, efficient, effective, patient-centered, timely, and equitable. But we cannot hope to cross this chasm and achieve these aims until we make fundamental changes to the whole healthcare system. All levels of this work require dramatic improvements from the patient's experience. So this podcast is dedicated to you, the voices most underutilized resource in healthcare, our patients' voices. Welcome, and we hope you enjoy the Patient Partner Innovation Community Podcast. Hi, I'm Dr. Natasha Washington, president and founder of ATW Health Solutions and sponsor for the Patient Partner Innovation Community. Follow the PPIC community online at atwhealth.com. Well, hello, everyone. Thank you for joining Patient Partner Innovation Community Podcast. I am your host today, Desiree Collins Bradley, and I am really excited to have this conversation with our wonderful colleagues and partners, um, Mathematica. So welcome, welcome, Mathematica. I'll get you to introduce yourselves in one second, but I always have to, you know, highlight our sponsor of this episode. So this episode is brought to you by ATW Health Solutions. ATW Health Solutions is a Chicago-based healthcare advisory and consulting firm that has gained national recognition for transforming healthcare delivery systems from ordinary to best in class. At ATW Health Solutions, we use a data-driven, evidence-based approach to make healthcare better by focusing on improving quality, safety, and health equity in organizations and government agencies. Simply put, we create and implement innovative solutions for the right problems and the right people. So thank you, ATW Health Solutions, for always sponsoring our PPIC podcast. So our colleagues at, at Mathematica, I would love for you to introduce yourself to our listeners and tell us your role at Mathematica. Jay, we'll start with you. Great. Thank you, Desiree. Hello, my name is Jay Bandopadhyay. I'm a health researcher at Mathematica. And so a little bit about our organization. Um, Mathematica uses data, methods, policy, and practice to translate big questions into deep insights. And we're really driven by our mission to improve public well-being. Um, and we collaborate really closely with our clients to improve programs, refine strategy, and enhance understanding of certain topic areas. So about me, um, I primarily work on the electronic clinical quality measures development and maintenance for eligible clinicians project, or in short, the EC, ECQM project. And um, that's funded by the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, or CMS. And on the project, Mathematica and its partners assist CMS in identifying, developing, and testing and supporting implementation of clinical quality measures. And clinical quality measures can be derived from data from the electronic health record at your clinician's office. And that data, which is then measured, is, is and the measures are used in CMS quality payment programs. 
And so I serve as the measure development task lead on the project. And my background's really in public health. And as a health researcher at Mathematica, I worked on clinical quality measure development for almost six years. And I just really enjoy all aspects of the work from talking to patients and clinicians about what they think is most important to going out into the sites, uh, into the field and analyzing test data and turning those into actionable recommendations for our federal partners like CMS. Before I started working on measure development, I worked as a healthcare administrator for a rural health center in Cape Cod. And I learned a lot about chronic and acute health conditions and health disparities experienced by patients in certain populations and how clinical quality measures can drive improvements in quality of care provided to them. And that's not just by the clinician, but really the organization as a whole. So seeing that firsthand, the benefits of measures really inspired me to get more into the science of measure development. That is that is what you you're speaking my language and, and I'm excited. Christine, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Sure, great. Hi, I'm Christine Holland. I'm a senior health researcher at Mathematica for more than 10 years now. I've been supporting and leading uh, multifaceted and a large team projects that develop, test, and maintain quality measures across settings, including clinician-level measures, hospital inpatient, hospital outpatient, and cancer specialty hospitals. So I currently serve as a project director for the ECECQM project that Jay introduced. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. Thank you for sharing. And Emma, we'll go to you. Introduce yourself to our listeners. Sure. Hi, my name is Emma Bickle, and I'm a health analyst at Mathematica. I've been supporting quality measure development projects for about three years, and I currently serve as the measure development and technical expert panel coordinator for the EC-ECQM project. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. Thank you for for those wonderful introductions. And, you know, a lot of times, and I'll say from my own personal experience, you know, I've participated in measurement work on TEPs and work groups, and we'll get into a little bit of that later. But, you know, oftentimes, I remember when I first started, I was so intimidated by what to expect and how I would bring value into this work. So I imagine that we have listeners that are chiming in that want to know more of what to do and how to do. So, you know, using plain language, for example, like non-scientific terms, how would you describe the role measurement and the importance of measures development to consumers, like the everyday consumer, like I once was? (laughs) Yeah, uh, good question. So, As you may know, there are guidelines based on scientific research that establish best practices for clinical care. And there are guidelines, uh, for example, that establish the types of cancer screenings every patient should receive and when and how often those should be administered. Another example is around antibiotics and how they're effective for bacterial infections, but may be inappropriate for treating viral infections with patients. So we know these clinical practice guidelines exist, but how do we know if patients are getting the right care at the right time and that the care is safe and appropriate. And that's really where clinical quality measures come in. So they can help us understand if a provider is completely and safely delivering the clinical services that are appropriate for the patient and in the appropriate timeframe. And they can also help us understand what happens to patients while they're under the care of a healthcare provider or system. And so measures provide a standard way of measuring and comparing really the delivery of care in a clinically meaningful way. 
And if we find problems, we can facilitate improvements. And so by doing so, our nation's healthcare system can continue to move toward a more efficient care, better outcomes, responsible care, and we can track progress along the way. You you touched on some really, you know, good points, you know, patients receiving the right care at the right time, you know, and I'll say this, everyone, whether you are managing a chronic illness or not, you're going to be a patient at some point in your healthcare journey or a caregiver of a family member or neighbor or community member of someone that has an illness and is in need of care. So, you know, the way you described that was really, really important. You know, you think about people, you think about Amazon, right? We, everything has ratings. So we, we look at our Amazon reviews to, to kind of guide us in what we're going to order. And it's kind of like the same thing, the way I kind of describe it in healthcare as well. And, And correct me if, if I'm wrong in stating this, but it's, it's almost like, you know, thinking about not a rating system, but, you know, how well of care that we're going to receive. Right. And you said Mm -hmm. that if, if it's a way to really identify problems too, to say, okay, you know what, this isn't working. And so we can look at it and kind of reshape what we needed to do to make sure that everyone receives really good care. So that when you go into the system, whether it's an ER or a doctor's visit, that you're getting the best level of care that you should be able to receive. And and I'm a big component. I feel like quality care is a right and not a privilege. And I think measures kind of keep us accountable. Is that correct? Is that resonating with you? Yes, yes, definitely. Yeah. Thank you. Summarize it really well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, awesome. Awesome. You know, it's just, I remember um, when I started my measurement journey, I had a patient partner that was super seasoned in the work. And I kept asking her like, okay, explain this to me again. What do you want me to do? And she told it to me. She was like, you think about Amazon. And so that's why I took that um, advice from her. And I kind of share that as we go along the way, as I engage partners to get involved. So for those that are listening and you really want to get involved and say, you know what, I want to make this healthcare system better for everyone, please contact us at Patient Partner Innovation Community and we'll make sure that we connect you with opportunities so that you can give your input. So I kind of want to shift a little and, and talk about one of the projects that you guys were working on, you know, we recruited for you, your ECECQM, and I'll get you to explain that in a minute, technical expert panel and the patients that we brought to that work. I mean, they were blown away by the experience. We received really good, positive feedback that their voices were really heard during that project. So I really want you to kind of talk about, you know, you know, you recruit, we recruited for this project, for the multiple projects. And I want you to to explain, like, the did the patient involvement from your aspect, you know, provide impact on the measure of focus? Yes, definitely. And so in our many experiences working with patients on measures projects, um, we found it invaluable to have them in the room with the clinicians and the thought leaders really discussing the measures and especially bringing the patient voice back to the forefront of the discussion and you know bringing balance to our, our development priorities and, and the recommendations we um, bring forward to CMS. And um, you know we're really excited to and um, pleased to hear that feedback from the patients who have engaged with us on our project. And, you know, I have an example of, a, of 
one particular meeting where um, you know we were discussing a composite measure, and a composite measure is uh, one that contains several individual component measures, and they're all grouped together, and they generate like one performance score. And so we were in this meeting, and a lot of clinician members were expressing concern about the burden of reporting seven or eight measures as one measure, and you know the discussion started to veer towards changing some of the components or reducing the number of measures. But then one of our patient representatives on the TEP voiced strong support for the content of the measure, and they recommended mm. adding more components to the composite. Yep. And so hearing this, all of the attendees on the call were reminded of the patient needs and the priorities and the tone of the conversation shifted to reconsider, you know, okay, what are the strengths of the list of the measures at hand and those being proposed for inclusion? So that had a really powerful, um, you know, impact on on the course of the discussion. And oh, the, the wow. I love it. I love it, love it, love it. It speaks, you know, there's power. And I always say there's power in the patient stories and the patient insights. I know, on these technical expert panels, you know, it could be, there's some pretty, I would say, big brains on those meetings. However, you know, we're not asking patients to come and be an expertise in the measure or even have a high level degree. You know, the fact that they come to the work with the lived experience, I think really adds the hit to the heart to the work. Um, Because I know for myself, I can get complacent at times as I've you know, been kind of sprinkled in different areas around the country and different initiatives. It's always nice to kind of bring it back to that patient experience and add that lens to it. So I am so happy to hear that. That is that is exciting, exciting, exciting. Music to my ears. So, you know, as we go into our last question, I want to talk about, you know, there's a continued push for patients as partners in healthcare transformation as a whole, really. Um, What do you believe is the future of patient-centered measurement in our healthcare system? Yeah, this is a really important question. So as I mentioned earlier, because patients are the ultimate consumers of healthcare, you know, we always ask ourselves, are we designing solutions or measures that patients care about? And so Mathematica and its partners always strive to engage patients in new and innovative ways on CMS measures projects in order to help us address this question and increase patient involvement in every phase of the measure development lifecycle. So for example, one thing we did is in one of our project activities that we applied a human-centered design approach to identify Mm -hmm. a potential list of measure concepts for a pain management measure. So it's a very uh, complicated topic area. And, uh, you know, we really wanted to put the patient experience at the center of our work to understand, you know, what is the problem before we, you know, even started to develop solutions. So what we did was we conducted empathy interviews with patients who had acute and chronic pain. And uh, those types of interviews are one-on-one conversations where the interviewer uses open-ended questions to elicit stories and, you know, understand the specific experiences from the patient to help uncover their unacknowledged needs. And using this technique enabled us to really delve deeply into the stories of the patient more than a traditional interview would. And using the insights from that, from those interviews, we also held measure design workshops with patients and clinicians in the room. And, you know, so we brought, again, patients with expertise in in the acute and chronic pain. We brought clinicians together with clinicians who had expertise in pain management. 
And in doing these types of novel engagement activities, not only were we able to develop and prioritize a very comprehensive list of patient-centered measures, but we're also able to see some really notable benefits in these types of methods. So one of our big takeaways is because patients interact with every aspect of the health system compared to other stakeholders we engage, like they interact with the clinical setting, the pharmacists, the specialists, the insurance providers, we're able to really get hidden insights into the quality of care and clinical workflows that may be unknown to us or you know other experts. And um, what was also interesting was that most of the measure concepts that the patients considered important and is ranked as important aligned with the national guidelines. For mm. example, patients did not want to use opioids as their first line of therapy. And that's also that also aligns with the CDC guidelines recommendation. Mm. And then any concept really down, you know, our path of development in the cycle, any concept we move forward was already at the top of the list, according to our patients. And so as we continue to you know, refine our work and engage other clinical and technical experts, we, we were able to still keep the patient's preference and their voice at the forefront of our work. And then of course, most importantly, when we debriefed with all the patients and clinicians, they really enjoyed working with each other and the meaningfulness of, of the conversations. So you know, the results really speak for themselves. And it's clear that integrating integrating the patient voice and perspective into really every key phase of development brings insights that are essential to identifying like where there's need and room for healthcare transformation. So we really hope to see and have more opportunities to engage patients in our work. Oh, wow. That, that is wonderful. And you know, it speaks to that true partnership. So I am really excited, to, you know, for things to come and, and the future of where we're going with healthcare transformation. And I appreciate your willingness to really be a good partner with patients in the work. So thank you for all that you guys are doing. Are there anything, you know, anything we missed, any insights that you would like to add? Is there something um, that you want to add to the conversation that we didn't touch on before um, we close? No, I don't think so. I think this conversation has been really great. And, you know, we're excited to share our work and we hope that those listening continue to engage with us. And um, yeah. Wonderful. Well, we truly do appreciate appreciate you and taking the time out to have this conversation with us. Again, as always, guys, be engaged. Follow the PPIC community online at atwhealth.com. 